we need is you. And we say today, this morning, Lord God, you are everything, that we are nothing without you. And we long, we desire, we need your presence in our lives. Everything about you, Lord, all you are, is all I want. Lord God, we just ask right now, just as we begin to take a moment in this meeting, we just declare afresh, Lord, we know that we have nothing, we are nothing without you. But we declare boldly, Jesus Christ, we need you. And we need all that you are. So by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would refresh us, that you would renew us, and that once again, you would touch our hearts to the reality that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, and that when we cry out to you, Lord, that we need you, that we want you, that you answer and you are there and you give us all that you are. You do not hold anything back. We thank you and we worship you in this place today and in our hearts, wherever we are right now, watching and listening. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You know, it's so good to see you this morning. And when I say see you, I also mean if you're not physically in this building, but you might be joining us online at home. We are so glad that you are with us. My name is Linda Heron. I'm one of the uh, lead pastors here at Elam Church, Northampton. And I'm just so glad that we get to do this together. I'm so glad that we come together to hear the precious word of God. So Lord, we thank you for that word today. And we pray, Lord God, that it will come deeply and richly in our hearts to bring you glory in Jesus' name. You know, our current theme at the moment is rooted, and we're using the analogy of a tree, and you know that a tree, its roots go down deep, and the deeper that a tree's roots go, the richer it becomes, the stronger it becomes, it gets the sustenance that it needs, it gets the richness of the soil all from its roots. And so when there comes dry times in its life, as dry times in our life, the tree can use its roots to touch water and be replenished and refreshed. And when the storms of life come, the tree is able to sway and move with the storms. And so it can sustain and it is anchored because of its roots. Roots are important because of the trees is rooted in a foundation that is strong. When the storms come to knock it, to move it, it is movable, it is shaken, but it is not broken. You know, I've brought my friend along with me today because I know there's loads of kids with us. Kids, if you're there, give me a shout out. Yes. Now, this is my friend Dino. And he gets a bit knocked about. And so it's a bit like the tree. It's a bit like our lives. So when the storms come and we get knocked, when we are anchored deep in the richness of the soil of God's word, we bounce back again. 
So just like the tree, the analogy of the tree standing firm, that it can stand firm and face any storm because it bends, but it bounces back again. And God has given us his word. And when we delve into the riches of his word, and when that becomes the foundation of our lives, when storms come, because they will come, they come to all of us. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're young or you're old, whether you're a preacher or a pagan, storms come into our lives. And even in this season that we're in right now, Sometimes it feels like we are in a never-ending storm. We have a worldwide pandemic and we have all the fallout of the troubles of that pandemic. They are storms hitting our lives, whether it's our jobs or it is our health or it's our loved ones. The storms are coming crashing in. But when we are rooted to a firm foundation, we will stay stood. You know, we might rock for a while. When we get discouraged, it shakes us. But we can rock back when our life, when our world is firmly rooted on the things of God. We get discouraged. We get disappointed. But in all these things, because we are rooted in the word of God, in his strength, our foundations are in Jesus Christ, we bounce back. I want to share a scripture with you this morning And it's a similar analogy as the one of the tree standing firm with its roots deep in the soil. And we find it in the book of um, Luke in chapter 6. It's going to be on the screens as well. It's also in the book of Matthew, um, a similar parable. And this is what Jesus says. He says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods come, when the storms come and sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. This parable, you see, Jesus had just preached two amazing sermons, one on the mount uh, and one on the plain. In other words, he had preached um, some the, the good life-giving sermons, whether you are on the top of the world or whether you feel down in the valleys, his word will still sustain you. And he has been uh, preaching all day. There have been signs, there have been wonders, there have been miracles. And the people even got free food thrown in. Have you ever been to a conference like that? Where you've just seen and experienced and tasted the power of God. And then... He says these strange words. On the back of that, on the back of that powerful day, he says these words. Why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I tell you to do? And I'm thinking, Lord, are you a bit um, fed up there? Is, Is this a bit of a rebuke? Are you a bit exasperated? Why are you saying this? And as we unpack this parable, we realize that the builders reflect us. And there are two builders in this story. There are two people. 
And they are building two different types of houses on two different foundations. But one storm comes. It is the same storm. One storm comes and hits their lives. But there are two outcomes. And Jesus is saying, the house that you are building represents your life that you are building. So in this room today, at home today, those of you listening, you are a builder. Did you know that? You have been given the responsibility from the day you grew up that you are responsible for how you build your life, for what foundations you build upon. And this has irked Jesus so much that he says it's so important that if you build on the wrong foundations, you are stupid. He calls them the foolish builder and the wise builder in Matthew's um, parable. uh, parable. In fact, he goes further than just saying they were stupid to, to build without a foundation. He actually says, if you build on any foundation that is not my word... You're stupid. I'm not saying that, so please don't send me any emails complaining. But Jesus Christ is so bold at this moment. Something is so important at this moment in this story. More important than the words he's just preached because they just don't get it. They've walked away. They're going home after a great conference. And yet Jesus still has to say, look, if you don't take hold of what I've said, if you don't do something with what I've said, if my words don't get inside of you, if you don't start to live what I've said, then you are stupid. Lord, why would you call us stupid? Because if your life If you are building your life on any foundation other than Jesus Christ, then when the storms come, your house, your life will not bounce back like Dino, but it will collapse. But he says it won't just collapse. It will be a heap of ruins. And some uh, Bible commentators say, actually, it's not just a heap of ruins. It's an absolute disaster. In other words, it's zero. It's all over. Jesus is so impassionate about this that he wants us to get it. He wants us to understand that how we build our lives, what we build our lives upon is crucial. You know, foundations are crucial. I've been to Italy and I'd love to go back again. I haven't seen the leaning tower of Pisa But I know that the leaning tower of Pisa is actually, it was leaning far too much. It was slowly sinking. Over a hundred years, it started to sink. And so they began a renovation. They began to reform it and restructure it. It cost $25 million and it took a long time to do. But what they had to do was excavate the old foundations and put in new ones. Why? It wasn't because the, the builders were, were incompetent. It wasn't because the materials were, were, were not good enough. But it was because the foundation that it was on was on sandy soil. And here in this story today, Jesus is comparing the two builders' foundation. One building on the soil and one building on the rock. But when we choose to build on the solid rock, when we choose to build on the words of Jesus Christ, when we choose to build on all that he is, then we will stand strong and we will stand 
rooted, and we will stand rooted in the faith of Jesus Christ, that he holds us up forever. You know, faith comes from hearing, and hearing the word of Christ, it says in Romans 10, 17. But when I started to look at this, I realized it wasn't any old hearing. You know, we have a busy, noisy world. There are loads of voices going on right now. And it wasn't any old words. In fact, when I pondered on this, Jesus is saying, I am the word. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was fully God. Talking about Jesus. So it isn't any old words that we need to listen to. Not the noisy voices that are going on in our lives. You see, voices and noise and stuff we listen to influences us. It changes our opinions. It causes us to have different beliefs and different ideas. You know, we all like Facebook and Twitter and social media. And we're watching those feeds. And we're listening and we're inspired, and we're affected, and sometimes our opinions change, and we're influenced by what we're reading. We could wake up having a great time, feeling so good, see something on social media, and we feel yuck. Oh, it might be just me. But why do you think they call them feeds? Because it's feeding your soul. You have to guard what you feed your soul, what you listen to, what goes in your ears. Because when it goes in, it can get into your heart and it can get into your mind. You know, the biggest voice we need to listen to is the Word. The Word of God, Jesus Christ. Hmm. I often watch the news, I'd probably exasperate my husband because I'm always watching CNN or Sky News and especially in this COVID pandemic, I want to know what's going on, I want to know the numbers, I want to know how it's going. But sometimes if we can keep tuned in to that sort of stuff, fear can set in. And so I need to take all that information because I'm wanting to help the world and my community in that time of need. So I need that information, but I've got to balance it with the word of God. So while all the fear is happening, while we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic and it's unsure and it's unsafe and we're not sure what's going to happen to our our loved ones or our jobs, it's insecure. I need to grab hold of the word of God because all this stuff could keep me rocking and it could take me off balance, but the word of God will keep me sound. The word of God will keep me strong, that he's promised never to leave me. He's promised never to forsake me, that even though I face storms, even though I face fears, even though I face troubles, even though I face a world in pandemic, he will hold me strong. For a moment, I might fail. For a moment, I might fear. For a moment, I might not be able to get up again. But it's only for a moment because he picks us back up. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I just think maybe in this parable, in this exasperation, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look guys, I've just preached to you, and it's stuff that you need to get inside of you, but then he knows that only those who are his will hear his voice. And he looks to see if there's an outwardness of his word. 
He looks to see if there's any action from his word. He looks to see if we are doers of his word. When he says, listen, when he says, my sheep, listen, when he says in this parable, listen up, guys, when he says, listen, he's using an Old Testament word, and it meant listen and obey. In fact, it's translated Shema, and it is still today a Jewish prayer that they pray every morning. So in the Old Testament, to his audience that he was speaking to, it wouldn't just say, listen. We haven't got an English word for it. It would say, Listen and obey. Hear and do. There was no separating when you hear the word of God that they had to follow action. But maybe we've become complacent over the time. Maybe we have such a wealth of stuff that we can listen to, that we can pick and choose, and that so much stuff goes over us instead of in us and through us, and we don't take a hold of the richness of God's word. And we've got to just remember and keep centered that Jesus is the Word. That in creation, when he spoke the Word, it was. When he spoke, he created. He created the earth. He created the flowers and the trees. He created the fish and the birds. He created the animals and the insects. He created the night and the day and the sun and the moon and the stars and the waves and the storms that are in them. He is a creator by the power of his word. So if we could take his word and eat his word and live by his word, what could he create in me and you? And he says these alarming words. (laughs) Why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? Why do you call me Lord of your life? Yeah, I am not Lord of your life. And then he says something really impacting that actually knocks us and jolts us. He says, because if you don't do what I say, you are stupid. In other words, to do what Jesus says is the best thing for our lives. Even though it doesn't feel like we can do that stuff, he empowers us. And all we need to do is believe him, take hold of his word and do it. So then he says, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. So he compares these two builders. He compares the foolish builder and the wise builder, the stupid builder and the sensible builder. And both of them, They've got the same tools. Both of them have got the same materials. Just for instance, let's say they've got the same amount of money. They've got everything, all the resources that they need. And there is two of them. And that could be you and me. We've got everything we need in Christ to build our house, to build ourselves, to build our lives. And yet the stupid one, he sees the sand Now, because this is set in Palestine, the sand would have been rock hard. It would take an effort to go through it. In fact, it was so hard, it would do as a foundation. And it would be cheap, and it would be easy, and it would be quick. And so I can imagine that the stupid builder built his house really quick, really cheaply, and he got to enjoy it quicker than the one who was wise. But the one who was wise 
he took the shovel and he looked at the hard surface and he put the work in and he put the effort in and he put the toil in and he put the time in and he put the expense in. He put the cost in to dig deeper because when you looked at the foolish man's house, it was sat on top of dirt. It was sat on top of sand. He hadn't removed anything, but the wise builder knew better and he knew as it reflected his life, he needed to dig deep. He needed to get rid of the dirt. He needed to get rid of the sand. He needed to get rid of the the mud and all the rubbish. And as he dug deep, each time it cost him. Each time it was hard work. But he was digging deep. And you know, God gets his shovel. And as we are willing, he starts to dig deep into our lives. He starts to dig the dirt out. He won't leave us just a surface shallow people. He wants to dig deep. And as he goes deeper, he hits stuff that's unseen that we've hidden from other people. He hits stuff that is no good for us, stuff that will cause us to sink when the storms come. But he needs to get rid of it. You know, before you can build a house, you have to build a foundation. And to build the foundation, you have to get rid of the junk. And when you get rid of the junk, what we do in our household, we hire skips. And so we go through the dirt and we chuck it away. We go through the stuff that is bad for us and we chuck it away. We go through that pain that's pulling us down. And God, with his shovel, digs it deep and throws it into his skip. That addiction, he digs down deep. You see, the Bible talks about the Bible being a mirror. In fact, it does say... If you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing your face in a mirror. And when you've glanced, you walk away and you forget who you are. That is the foolish builder. He didn't have time to look at himself. The word of God is a mirror to us. And as we allow God to dig into our lives deep, He starts to show us things inside us that may be ugly, that are unseen, that may be addictive, that are harming us, that are not enabling us to stand when the storm comes. And so he starts to dig deep, deep, deep. And as a builder digs, he uncovers stuff. With God, with his shovel in his hand, he is able to uncover our pain uncover our shame and then he starts to get rid of it as he picks up that shame and that guilt and that pain and he throws it away into the skip he removes it from our lives and once it is removed it is clear surface for him to start to construct a new solid foundation you know As he's digging, he might touch some nerves. He might see some stuff that we want to hide from him. You know that thing that I did? Yes, Lord. (laughs) He's going to dig it out and throw it away. You know those words that I've said? Yes, he sees that and he's going to dig it out. He sees it all. Would God love me if he sees what I'm really like deep down inside? I've got to tell you, church, he already sees what's beneath the surface. He already knows what's hidden in your life. But it's only you that might be being stupid, keep living on that foundation. 
He wants to dig it out. He wants to excavate it. And he wants to deconstruct it. You know, when I became a Christian, I felt like God was deconstructing me. I'd been used to taking drugs and if I wanted to speak at a conference to do with my work, then maybe I would take a line of cocaine or something like that and it would give me boldness from nowhere and I could speak like a lawyer. But when I got gloriously saved and God took away instantly my desire and my need for any type of drug, then for a season, for a few years of being a brand new Christian, I was not a bold speaker anymore. In fact, I diminished, I got quieter and I shrunk back. You see, God took away the old foundation, the rotten foundation that I thought was doing me good. I thought the drugs enabled me to do better and live life better. And I was building my life on a foundation of sand. Yet God came along and he dug in deep and he dug it up and he threw it in the skip. And for a while I was left vulnerable. For a while I was left without my my crutch that I could hold on to. For a while I didn't know how to hold on to God and hold on to his strength and stand on his foundation. And so for a, a little season in my life, I was a bit wobbly until I grew, until I trusted his word, until I got his word on the inside of me, until I started to respond and act and be a doer of the word of God. And then his anointing came and he put back everything that I was lacking and even beyond, even more. Sometimes he's got to deconstruct us so that he can reconstruct us. And he always digs deep to remove the dirt. You know, I don't like going to the dentist because when you need a filling, it's so painful when they remove all the rotten stuff. But they have to do that to make you well, to make a good foundation to fix your tooth. And it's a bit like that with what God does. His foundation is a sure foundation. And so the wise builder, he keeps on digging until he finds this safe, sustaining, solid rock on which to build his house. Now his house would be strong. Now his life would be secure. Now he will be immovable, even when the storms come. Sorry, Dino. I love the song of Edward Mote that he wrote in 1834. My hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm choosing today to be like that of the wise builder. I don't want to be stupid. I want to stand on the rock. Jesus is my foundation And I don't just want to hear his word. I want to be a doer of his word. Because in Corinthians it says, Christ is the only foundation. There is no other foundation on this earth where you will not be stupid. The only foundation that is wise is Jesus Christ. And what he's saying is, be doers of my word. It says in James 1.22, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Because when you just hear, you're deceiving yourself. You're like the foolish builder. You're stupid. You've got to do something with what he tells you. 
He'd just spoken the Sermon on the Mount and he had given them the blueprint of Christian life. He'd given them the way to lead a Jesus-loving life. He'd just spoken on the plane and he'd, along with miracles and free food, he told them to be counter-culture. In other words, don't live like everyone else does. You might be in this world, but you're not of this world. I'm asking you to be the opposite. I'm asking you to be different. And he goes through what we sometimes call the Beatitudes. And he says things like this. These words I'm going to say, Jesus wrote. These words I'm going to say are the words that Jesus is challenging us to do. When people hate you, love them. When people exclude you, love them. When people insult you, love them. When people reject you, love them. When people curse you, bless them. Love your enemies. Do good to your enemies. Love those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. And he actually goes into it deeper of going far beyond measure. Pray for those who mistreat you. Do not judge. Do not condemn. And then he says, and forgive. Forgive all those that have hurt you. Forgive all those that have trampled over your life. Forgive all those that have crushed you. Forgive all those that have harmed you. And as I'm reading all this stuff and I'm thinking, Lord, I can't, I can't give this message to, to the people because I can't do this myself. Lord, you're asking for too much. I am trying to live on your word. I've allowed you to dig deep into my life. I know that when I am knocked, you, you hold me strong. But Lord, every time, and I just, I sat there for a moment, almost crying to God saying, I will be a hypocrite if I stand here today and point fingers at you and tell you, you've got to forgive that person who did you over. You've got to forgive that person who stole from you. You've got to forgive that person who hates your guts. You've got to forgive that person who has crushed your spirit. If I am not willing to do that myself, if I have not done that myself. And you know, when we do forgive, even from the most horrible crimes, it takes us a while, we get knocked. But by the grace of God and the love of God, we come back up again. And it's when we stand strong again that we can forgive that person. And maybe we shouldn't be in relationship with that person again, but our hearts can be clean and pure towards that person. Because when we hold on to unforgiveness, when we hold on to the pain that has been inflicting on us, we are like trying to hold on to a porcupine, where the porcupine is killing us and hurting us, but that person who's offended us is enjoying life and loving life and carrying on with life, and yet we're holding the unforgiveness for the wrong that they did. So I understand 
why God wants us to be able to live out his words. I understand why we need to stand on his foundation. I understand why we must obey and not just hear. That when God says forgive, we need to forgive. But for some of us, it takes time. But just be willing to allow God to work in your life and heart to let that thing go. So I'm looking at all these words and the list goes on and the list goes deeper and the list goes harder and I am just crying, I can't do this, Lord. (laughs) But we can't, not in our own strength, not in our own ability. And I know that God has given us the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit who comes alongside us and enables us to do the things that we can't do. And we can fulfill God's word in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. But there's something else that he started to show me. I'm shouting, I can't do it. It's too hard. And I hear the words of Jesus. I did it for you. Now read it again, Linda. Read it. Because I did it for you. So I read it again. And it says, Jesus talking to me. Jesus talking to you. When you excluded me, I loved you. When you insulted me, I loved you. When you cursed me, I blessed you. When you rejected me, I still accepted you. When you hated me, I loved you with a deep, sustaining, never-ending love. When you mistreat me, when you mistreat my name, when you fail to live up to my words, I am always committed to praying for you. Every time you knock me, I hold you. I don't judge you. I don't condemn you. I absolutely forgive you, even when you haven't asked for that forgiveness. Because my child, I love you. You might not even know me, but I love you. You might not even believe in me, but I created you. From the very beginning, I know you. I know your name. I know all about your life. You are mine, even if you don't believe that. And I will hold you strong through the storms if you let me. I am your rock. I am your peace. I am your strong foundation. And then I started to think of this world that we're living right now. This world where there are broken lives, where there are upside down lives, where the foundations of their lives are crumbling down. And I realized this is the foundation that they need. This is the foundation that we all need. Because this is the foundation that Jesus offers. He says, when you feel unloved, when you have been unloved, I love you. When you carry that guilt and that shame, I take it away and you are forgiven. When you have been rejected by people, then I am ready to accept you. And those that feel who are so unworthy, you are worth it to lay down my life for you. So today, 
I ask you a serious question. Christian or not Christian? Because you are all listening to the words this morning. Who or what is your foundation? What are you building your life upon today? Would you like to build your life upon the sure, rock, solid foundation of Jesus Christ? A rock that will never let you down. A rock that is strong. A rock that is secure. A rock that is sound. A rock that when the storms of life hit you, you will come back up standing. I would just ask whether you're at home or whether in this place today, if you would join me and bow your heads in prayer. And I'm going to say a prayer. And for some of you, you might want to say this prayer with me. You can say it under your breath, but you can know that the Lord Jesus Christ is here in your words. But say it if you mean it from your heart. Lord God, today, I choose to hand you the blueprint of my life. I'm handing the blueprint of my life to the rock, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for not allowing you to be my master builder. I ask you to dig out all the rubbish, all the sin, all the decay, all the rottenness, all the dirt that my life is building upon at the moment. I ask you, Lord, to deconstruct this bad foundation that I am living. I'm living it without obedience to your word. And I long to obey your word, but it is so hard. And I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to fill me with the Holy Spirit, to empower me to live a supernatural life on the foundation of all you are, of all you say and all you do. Lord, be my rock, I pray as I go through these very present storms that we're feeling and seeing right now, be my strong foundation. Amen. The rock is solid. It will not break. It will not change. It will not fail. It will not fall. It is dependable. It is reliable. It is trustworthy. It is strong. And it's going to hold you strong. It's going to hold you secure. It's going to hold you safe. It's going to hold you standing. I'm just going to read this last scripture over us before the bands play to us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble that we're going through right now, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness or danger or the sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all this creation, in all this earth, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.